Hey everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Very special episode today. Our guest is one of our, uh, boy, I guess you could say comedy uh, mentors. <laughs> I don't know. We looked up to this guy a lot growing up. Uh, obviously, he was uh, crushing it in the 90s in the... Uh, in the movie world, uh, was all over MTV, uh, introduced us to uh, to the world of spring break boobies. Uh, I'm talking about Polly Shore, the, we- the uh, biodome in the army now, jury duty, Encino man. Uh, Polly Shore uh, was a staple uh, in the movie uh, business uh, during the, the height of the 90s, and everybody knows him. He, he's just kind of like uh, became a pop culture phenomenon. Uh, through coming up through the comedy store and being around all these legendary comedians, of course, the comedy store is uh, is a uh, uh, an iconic comedy club in Los Angeles that I'm lucky enough to uh, be a paid regular at and get to go up at uh, a couple times a week. Uh, Mitzi Shore, Polly's mom, started the comedy store and is responsible for developing the careers of Richard Pryor, Robin Williams, David Letterman, Jim Carrey, Roseanne Barr, Jay Leno. The list goes on and on. Sam Kinison. All these guys came up through the comedy store and uh, were kind of under uh, Mitzi's uh, uh, wings as far as uh, uh, getting stage time and developing their act. And Polly, of course, um, was a young, impressionable kid who, who came up in all that. And he's got these amazing stories that he shares with us today. As well as uh, his MTV days, uh, the movie biz, uh, life on the road, and then uh, being Polly Shore uh, in 2014. And his new Showtime documentary uh, called Polly Shore Stands Alone, which comes out December 4th on Showtime, is a, uh, an interesting look um, at Polly Shore, uh, a vulnerable side that you just don't get to see uh, on TV or, or when you're uh, around him at the comedy clubs. The whole uh, documentary is captured on a, a handheld video camera uh, on and off stage, and uh, it's really uh, inspiring and uh, uh, heartwarming and, and sad, and uh, it really gives you a, a nice look into the, the world of a stand-up comedian, uh, and especially one who's uh, had so much success and is at a point in his life where he's trying to keep that going and uh, still be relevant, and he is. And uh, it reminds you too how just how fucking funny uh, Polly Shore is. Um, follow Polly on Twitter at Polly Shore. Uh, his podcast Polly Shore's Interested is on iTunes. Uh, it's an incredible, uh, very original podcast. There's so many podcasts out there. And uh, what he does is he interviews uh, a big name comic, and then he has another big name comic comment on that episode and do commentary on it. Uh, it's pretty incredible. So check that out. Polly Shore is interested in his podcast, and of course, Polly Shore stands alone. The documentary, December fourth, on Showtime. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. Of course, get all our tour dates. Uh, and information uh, about uh, upcoming shows uh, at adamraytv.com and bradwilliamscomedy.com. I will be at the Sacramento Punchline next Thursday through Sunday. I'm sorry, next Friday through Sunday, November 28th, 29th, 30th, uh, opening for Brad at the Sacramento Punchline. Get tickets uh, at at sacramentopunchline.com or bradwilliamscomedy.com. And uh, come out and enjoy the fun. Also, I'll be at Joker's Comedy Club December 4th through the 6th in Richland, Washington. And uh, the Parlor Live, my home club in Seattle. uh, Actually, in Bellevue, Washington this time. uh, December 26th and 27th. Get your tickets at ParlorLive.com. And, of course, head over to AstoyMerchandise.com. Can't say it enough. E-S-T-O-Y Merchandise.com. Pick up your ABLN T-shirts and tank tops. Come on, get them. The holidays are coming up. Give them to somebody that you love, somebody that you care about, somebody that doesn't know about the fucking podcast. They're cool-ass shirts, man. Rock them around town. Uh, They're comfy. You know, they make great stocking stuffers. Get your shirts at Stoy, E-S-T-O-Y, merchandise.com. Click on About Last Night Podcast and order your shirts. And, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Comment uh, on the iTunes page. That helps us climb the charts. Give it a five-star rating and help us continue to do what we do because we got so many cool fucking guests coming up. The Melissa McCarthy, Ben Falcone episode is coming out in a few weeks. Rob Schneider, Jeff Garland, working on John Krasinski from The Office, some other big-ass fucking names, Uh, a lot of great comic buddies. Uh, We've got episodes in the can getting ready to come out. Uh, Joe Coy, uh, my friend Charity Thielen from the band The Head and the Heart. Really some awesome guests and episodes coming up. So subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family. Those are the tour dates. Those are the Twitter handles. That's all the merchandise info. But now sit back and enjoy a very special episode of the About Last Night podcast with the Weezer, Polly Shore. 
Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and listen to our dope podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. Do you still uh, smoke a little pot every now and then? Are we recording? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we can we can edit it. Um, out. I do it you know, when I feel like I want to do it. I don't do it like just to do it. Yeah, you know what I mean. For sure, I'm just high normally. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> do people assume that just oh, from the way you speak? Yeah, yeah. Always. <laughs> I, I I remember I ran into you one time at. LAX at like 6.30 in the morning and you gave me such an enthusiastic hug that I thought, oh yeah, Paulie's definitely on something. Because it's like, cause it's like, it's like, it's like 6.30 in the morning uh, and he's squeezing me. I probably didn't get any sleep. Yeah. yeah. And they're just I wired. probably like, yeah, it was just... Uh, the road yeah, does that to LAX. you, right? Yeah. LAX. Do you travel a yeah, all the time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And it's... Uh, it, it's dude, I, You get into a rhythm of like, I think the travel of like how much to pack and like when to wake up. But sometimes... Yeah. When it's like a 6 a.m. flight and you in shows are done at 1 and you're like, do I go to bed for two hours or do I right. stay up? And then all of a sudden you do that two, three weekends in a row and it's like oh, you show up to LAX at 10 and you're like, you see anybody. And how good is sushi yeah. when you get back to L.A.? The <laughs> After the road. What do you do when you come back? Sandy I go to Dance the spa. At, yeah, that's what he's telling me. I go to the spa all the time, the, the, like the bathhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the, there's two spas. They have sushi at the bathhouse or are they no, separate? No, no, no. <laughs> all right. No, I go to two different spas. I go to a, the Russian Turkish bathhouse. They, they call it the, Schw- the Schwitz, and there then or I go to the Korean one, which is like where Bobby Lee goes. I went to yeah. that with him once. That was incredible. Amazing. I've been wanting to go to it since. It was like Bobby. He was coming back from Arizona. He was driving, and he was like, "Meet me at the spa." And it was like three a.m. Yeah, and they're open. And he walks in, and Bobby's like. They're open at 3 a.m. I've never been to this place. Oh, it's yeah, unbelievable. Cool. We uh, First of all, and it was hilarious because Bobby made a big deal about how His they have pictures they, on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't know who he is. He always comes in. Yeah. He goes, hey, he goes, hey. And he points to the picture and they're yeah. like, huh? And he's like, he's like, my picture's been on the wall for yeah. like 10 years and they never look at me and they, they yeah. never uh, recognize him. But he's, we sat in like a freezing cold bath. Yeah. And then like. I uh, always go in there. The thing is what's like me, like I go in the, those places. It's like. There's all they're all Koreans. Barely anyone speaks English, and they're watching like Asian TV. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And which I is what in, usually. And I walk in. I go, hey, 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 and they're looking at me. I'm like, what, bro? That's what we do here. Hey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, but, uh, yeah. That's what I do. You know. That's I, how you order the Schwitz, right? You go, yeah, hey, go to the. Sh- no, that's the that's the Korean one. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Korean one. The um the. The, the the Russian one they don't do that. It, it, it's so weird the the tiny things that you lose when you go on the road. Uh, mm. Even I didn't know that Subway sandwich shops all around the country don't use like slices of avocado. They put like some guacamole mm. thing. And oh, so, probably. Yeah. So w- when, whenever I get home, it's like oh, finally a real avocado. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not exactly the spot. It's a little less like oh, I have my preferences of. Fast food, but yeah, we're trying. Yeah, well, you know how it is. <laughs> how did you uh, like? The, how much? Were, how long were you on the road before, while you were doing this um, uh, special, this mm. documentary? Oh, the documentary. Yeah, mm. um, I shot that in. I think it was like about nine days. No shit, so seven or eight, nine days. Yeah. That. Did you guys see it or? I mean, I saw the trailer you the sent trailer. me. Yeah, yeah. the trailer. It yeah. Looks incredible. Yeah, it's fun. So what? Uh, so that was over nine days. Over how many cities? I think about nine days. I think like seven cities in a row. And then what? Uh, uh, what made you want to shoot this thing? Um, I just you know I've played these like you know these really obscure towns like for many years, mm-hmm. and I've I always thought visually like holy shit. You know what I mean? Like these are towns like most of them that have never done stand up, um, and I always thought visually like they were just so like untouched. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like you mentioned like, one place like Eau Claire. Was that a yeah? You were like a- Eau Claire and Antigo, Wisconsin, and Jesus. and wow. just like these places that have never done stand up. So visually, I thought it was like a really 
cool thing. And then I want, I was going through a lot of stuff with my mom and my family at the time. Like, you know, like I was there sad and, and just kind of like, you know, living in my mom's house with her dying of Parkinson's downstairs and me living in the house and just kind of being tired. And, and I just thought like that would be a really kind of cool time to film. Like, emotionally like just to like where you were be by myself mm-hmm. be on camera by myself at this time where i'm like very vulnerable and kind of like you know yeah well it's sad it, and not sad i don't know it's yeah. certainly a side of paulie yeah. shore that uh the vast majority of the public are not familiar yeah. with like, yeah it's like the robin williams thing you know like all us comedians like they put on this kind of front you know what i mean but sure there's like a sadness or depression that we all kind of, you know, have because that's part of the reason why we do stand up so mm-hmm. we can get that acceptance from those people. Like it was funny. Like, um, I was, we, you know, we all circle the, uh, the OR room downstairs. Yeah. Like, you know, like everyone's like femuring just, just to like get on that stage. Like everyone's like a junkie and we do it because like we want that acceptance. And there is a therapy level, like you mentioned in the 100%. documentary too. How much of your of comedy is therapy for you? Um, a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Like, but it wasn't when yeah. you got into it. Um, no, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, because like for me, it's like uh, you know, just no family. You know, you know what I mean. Like you don't have a family. I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. I yeah. don't have that thing. The community of stand up yeah. is kind of like. Well, a lot of comics do, though. I mean, Greg Fitzsimmons, doesn't he have, like, kids and a wife and shit? Yeah, Yeah, he's got, like, a normal life. What the hell, right? (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? An outsider. So, you you know, you kind of use the audience and you use the road. For me, like, emotionally, like, for that, you know, I like to, you know, kind of go out. And and plus, like, for me, it's like um, I can think funnier when I'm out of L.A. for some reason. Yeah. Like, less clutter. Well, there's so so many distractions of... The business first and foremost, and just like every- well, you saw me, like you guys just came up to my office, and I'm like fucking dicking around with emails, and like <laughs> I fucking hate it. Yeah, yeah, it's the worst. I hate social media. I hate all that. Do you shit. really? It's what's well, the fucking worst? It's like something you have to do, and it's not like because you. I mean, when you came up, none of this shit existed. No, it wasn't. It was so what? much easier and better. Was it? It was simpler. All you had to do was like go on audition, send your headshot. You know, your agent mm-hmm. would send you know your audition tape. You know what I mean? And now, and now it's like this other muscle because you have to be funny on stage, and uh, you also have to be funny, for instance, in on a Twitter. podcast, and then you also have to be funny on Twitter. And to and to be funny on Twitter is way different yeah. than being funny. And on And they stage. don't think about that. They just go, "Well, if you're funny on stage, you should be able to be funny in 90 characters." And you're like, what "The right. fuck are you yeah. talking about?" <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, it's just exhausting. Yeah, you know what I mean. That like we have to, you know, I think I did, I did uh, like Nick Youssef and Kevin's. Uh, Christie's podcast last week and they uh, and we were talking about like Vine and Nick's like yeah it's just another thing we have to do you know <laughs> that's exactly it's like, yeah. what the fuck are you guys do Vine uh, yeah. I mean kind of now and then and but like not proactively like, like I always Talia's got a lot of time on his hand doesn't he <laughs> like is he he's like a chick but a dude like he's always like right is he he's always on the, vining he's on the precipice of I think when new shit comes out he's uh, he, he's, he's not vining as much anymore but I think yeah a lot of it has to do with t- uh, having time and I think um, he also I think by nature is in his phone a lot you know and I think mm-hmm. if you're if you're down there a lot and uh, but I think it was a dicking around for a lot of these people who had, who blew up on it they were just fucking around with this new app, and then I don't. Nobody really anticipated how it was gonna blow up, but I don't know. But I the mean, shortness I, of I, 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 I get. You know what I mean? Like it, I get it's something that you know you have to do and you have to get on, but you know it's like I don't know. I have other things to do. Yeah, you know? like when you uh, you start. By the way, we should say we're in the uh, comedy store right now, which. I we're mean, in we're in the upstairs uh, uh, green room of the belly room. There are mm-hmm. three rooms here. If you're not familiar, the main room and the OR. This has got to be almost like, I mean, how much time? You probably spent more time here than at your actual house. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, could, how many years? Yeah, you were literally well, raised I here. I was four. Right. That was the first time you were in here. Yeah. Who was the first you comic you saw it for? anything. No. <laughs> I was just going to say, man. <laughs> yeah. We nothing. come around these parts, like, and still, you can still get the... The vibe. The yeah. vibe, you know? But, like, I, I just have such a thirsty desire to, like... And that's why I'm so thankful that we're here with you right now. Yeah, to, yeah. like, really hear... Like, when I've had, you know, um, small Somebody, conversations uh-huh. with people who really came up and, like... Well, get, on, get some of the older comics... 
you know, that, you know, that like that, that don't get stage time here anymore. Like mm-hmm. get those guys on your podcast and they'll tell you the real story. Well, during that Robin tribute, it was yeah, so beautiful Robin, that you put yeah, together, by yeah, the way, the and, and the way you hosted that. Insane. And it was, it was, um, it was just so well done and you got mm-hmm. the perfect people to come speak about it. And, uh, but like a lot of those guys, right? Like they, I was looking at these guys being like, holy shit, man, there's stuff that's just not even stories and things that are addressed that like are, uh, these guys were well, sharing. Like the main room, the main room stage, you know, my mom didn't own, you know, it was like, that was like Ciro's. And then she, she was in a dispute with this guy, Art LeBeau, who owned the property of it. And then they broke down the wall and they bought the main room and stuff. And that room was like, there used to be the comedy store players, right? There was a, an improv group and it was a big improv group. And there were some like really good comedians and Monday nights were like the night here at the comedy store, like a line used to pack out, like hundreds of people would pack out always, you Jesus, know, it was free to yeah. get in. It was Monday night. So it was like the rock and roll night. And they used to open with, I would go on first with my band. I had a band called and uh, we were called We Don't Know Yet because we never knew the name. We Perfect never, name. We never knew the name. Yeah, well, we don't well, yeah, what's the name of your band? We, <laughs> we, don't, we, we don't Yeah, we don't know yet. We don't, we know, don't yet. know yet. Perfect. And then I used to play drums, and then Smokey Robinson's kid, Barry Robinson, he used to play uh, bass, and I had this kid, Dean Zuckerman, who was the guitar player, who had like zits on his back and like a nine-inch cock. <laughs> It was so weird. Please tell I me that's what you were looking God, for dude. when you were looking for dude, a basis. I swear to God, this guy was like he like he huge cog zitty back. Dude, he could kill the Beatles like just no fucking yeah, just so good. And, and we're talking like fifth, sixth grade, like wow. amazing, like amazing. And I used to swear to God, I used to charge kids to see his dick, <laughs> like for sure. But like, why not if, the zitty back? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's way that's not as interesting as a Wait, nine inch cock. Now, uh, how much would you charge? <laughs> That's like a dollar, you know what I mean, <laughs> to glance at it. Typical, like, typical mini Kit Kat. Like he was yeah. in fifth grade, and he had like pubes and the whole thing. Dude. Jesus. Like for real, yeah. So, so, so you were like P.T. Barnum of cops. Pretty much. <laughs> in fifth grade, I was making money. I was wheeling, dealing. You know what I mean? A lot hey. of like, guys were like throwing dice and, you know. Yeah, some kids nah, had like a paper drugs. route. Yeah, and... I'm like, who wants to see Dane's dick? <laughs> All right, gather. People be like, holy shit, yeah. it is. It's huge. Oh, man. You, know? you weren't kidding. So we used to go up. My band, we used to go up, and then um, and then after would be the commissar players, and that's what Robin Williams and Jim Stahl and all these just kind of like you know all those pictures you see on the wall, yeah, like in mm-hmm. the main room, and then after that the comedy began, and and that was like you know full on like straight up like all star comics. So then people since stand up started to come up, come uh, become more prevalent around the store after the players. No, stand, they started the stand-up portion of the show. Gotcha. Yeah, and that's when stand-up, the stand-up portion would start, and that's when, like, just, like, you know, Robin would go up, and then Kennison and Dice and Eddie Murphy, and Jeez. it was, Prior. like, Eddie Murphy was, like, the funniest thing I've ever seen. I was just going to ask, what was that like? So him when funny, he was... dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, he was a superstar. He was, like, you know, he was, like, a movie star, a superstar, Saturday Night Live. You know, and he just had that funny laugh. And they talk about and, the it factor. I mean, he just walked down and says with the confidence of just like yeah. you wanted to listen to everything he said, hundred percent. And how often do you feel like you've seen that since? Oh, since I've seen that yeah. since, yeah. I don't know. That I mean, not on. that much. Yeah. I mean, you know. Do you think that you can recognize guys, uh, guys and girls when they come in that go, okay, that person's got that factor? I mean, you've been literally around comedy your entire life. Um. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, I think like I had a, I have a sense of who's funny. I mean, Gerard, Gerard came in years ago or a couple of years ago, whenever it was. And I, Michael, yeah. Yeah. And I thought that he had something. And I told Tommy, you know, at the time, I'm like, make this guy a paid regular. Like, I think he's got something. You know, he was just kind of very likable and yeah. he was smart and he was young and, and, you know, and, you know, so I thought he was. Special. Well, you were right about that. Yeah, he was special. Yeah. yeah. When so that when you were so when you were four, do you remember your first, like seeing? Did you like? Yeah, you have any, for sure. Yeah. of course. What's and your so, yeah? What's your first memory of comedy? Mm, my first memory on comedy uh, was my was uh, was going on tour with my dad. My Sam, dad uh, Sammy Shore. Yeah, my dad used to work cruise ships, and he used to take me and my brother Peter and my my, my sister Scott. I mean, my sister Sandy and Scott, my other brother, and we used to go to like, you know, my dad would open for guys like Engelbert Humperdinck or Sinatra or Holy Sammy Davis shit. Jr. or you know Elvis Presley opened for Elvis Presley, and Holy I remember meeting shit. Elvis as a kid. Jeez. You know, when I was a kid, yeah. 
What do you so say I to you? I saw that. <laughs> a big fan of your band. We don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hoping you get a name soon. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, yeah. No, I know. Everyone tells me to write the book. Everyone tells me to do the sure. one man show. Everyone tells me to, like, talk about the stories, you know? I mean, so. the, the, and that being your earliest memory of comedy, what, do you remember seeing your dad and thinking at all that I wanted to do that? Mm, I always kind of knew subliminally, you know. And you kind of see this in the documentary, like I talk about it. Like I always knew kind of subliminally I was going to do this just because when I was younger, I used to like, you know, be funny without knowing I was funny. Like yeah. I, my mom would laugh at me, but I would be serious. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I was really like, it's funny because when I was in the band in the, in the main room here, um, I would play drums and I was very, I was always very serious, right. you know, ever since, I mean, you guys see me, I'm not yeah. always fucking around. Yeah. I'm always no. pretty serious. And and I see you in the corner crying, watching uh, uh, Lifetime movies a lot. Like yeah, in exactly. It's very, you give us a sweet. Smile. No, I was I was always I was always uh, um, I was always you know shit. Was I? Oh yeah, I was always I was always serious. And when I played in the band in the main room, I remember you know uh, they had the videotape. We'd videotape. Yeah. There's this guy Lou Deck. Who is this oldest, crustiest fucker, dude? Dude, you should interview him, dude. <laughs> oh my god, he was the guy that filmed all the archive stuff. No kidding, pretty much. After yeah. we fund the uh, nine inch, cock cock yeah, or you're funding nine inch. Yeah, cock he's cock next first. in line. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, uh, um, I, I remember watching the videotape back, you know, yeah. of me and my band, and I just hear my mom laughing the whole time. Oh shit! And I'm like looking at the video, and I'm, I know she's laughing because I'm being serious behind the drums. And that's making her... She, yeah, she just thought it was really funny. So then you pick up on that, and you're like, all right, well, there's obviously something I'm doing. Yeah, like a straight, dice, dry sense of humor. Because there's always got to be something, I feel like, that's when people start, and they start to recognize yeah. that they've got something the thing, that... You know, the thing, like, about the store that, you know, is, is, is really great, you know, I'll tell you two things about the store that's really great and something that's really not great about it. Perfect. The, the great thing about it is is my mom is kind of like kind of put her her claws into this place and kind of and created a, a system you know that's already kind of in place and the system has already worked and it's a system of you know developing and and, and you know and, and family and camaraderie and and putting in the time and you know it's like the school of hard knocks you know what i mean and yeah. you know just to try to get going you know what i mean but the bad part about that is there's no one really there's no one here at this time that really focuses the system. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Tommy kind of did it, you know what I mean? But Tommy's not here anymore. So now you have Adam and Eric and, you know, me, I run around and different people and it's just, there's no focus, you know, mm-hmm. to me. That's kind of like, the comics are kind of running this place. So you and felt, before And before, yeah. back in the day, my mom ran this place. Do you understand? She would walk in and there was a focus and everyone was kind of like in position almost like a general mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there and there is none not there is none of that so everyone is kind of trying to figure it out themselves and it's kind of like everyone is like you know on their own here there's no like guru person to, to kind, kind of, of like to. go to and say hey you know what i mean and, and you think that's uh, uh, that's bad? I think it's bad. You th- we're saying that we need that again. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, and every every business does. For sure. Yeah. You need a CEO, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and especially with someone like your mom, whose eye for talent mm-hmm. was just insane. And like, she was the owner, though. It was like yeah. it, it was a combination. It was her club, mm-hmm. and she had the direction and the eye for talent. And and she would, you know, she would look at you guys, like you two guys, and you'd go on stage. And she thought she was you were if she thought you were funny, she would say something to you, mm-hmm. um, and she'd give you a direction and, and maybe give you a wardrobe. A wardrobe kind of suggestion. She told me not to wear hats anymore. Oh, she did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Said you're very funny, but I don't like y- your hat. Yeah. Okay. Like, so cool. So she would do that, and then she would also like if she didn't like you, she wouldn't say anything to you, or she would just didn't think you were ready. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The thing she said to me was, uh, she's like, you're very funny, but the microphone's there for a reason. You keep running away from the microphone. Stay there. Yeah. And Is like, that what she said? Yeah, because yeah. I would run away from the mic because I, I, I knew I, my voice was loud enough that I could project and I, mm-hmm. didn't, and I didn't necessarily need it. But then she would tell me, like, that mic is your power. Get back there. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I did, and it s- certainly did help. Like, she would pick out 
the minutia of every comic, like like you with the hat. Just yeah. hey, the hat thing, me, the mic. I'm I'm sure there's plenty mm. of people, plenty of other comics where she just saw like one little thing and was able to twist it. Now was she the one that the the, the hand like Jim Carrey prior? I mean, were they coming here and she had to? She straight up was like, yeah, you now come here all the time yeah well she would develop you know what i mean like howie mandel and gary shanling and all these guys like she would just develop them you know what i mean and give them spots and give put them in westwood and put them at the store here and just kind of develop their stuff that's the other thing i guess you're uh commenting on that's missing is that development and the i guess the commitment from somebody that's like really and not just the business side but yeah it's almost like if you're on the set of a movie and quentin tarantino it's quentin tarantino's movie but he's not around yeah Mm-hmm. You know, and then you got to like talk to the producer, talk to the, the you know the cameraman, and kind of just try to figure it out. Because there is a, a, an element of stand up that uh, that is, I think, beneficial that we do have to figure out on our own. Well, look at Lauren Michaels at SNL. Like yeah. he's kind of like the director of the whole thing, and right. he picks the people, and then he kind of probably gives them some direction. You know, everybody you know, needs some direction on something when they're getting hundred percent. Right? Yeah, especially when they're developing. And now you. And you coming up and try and doing stand up, uh, did you have an Mentors? added pressure because like that's your mom? I still feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I've been in movies and be like being on the stage, I like I hate. You know, I, I kind of part 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 of me hates being on that stage just because I feel like you know I've already made it and like I go out on the road and and like this is for the younger guys and you know what I mean. I feel like it's like kind of like I don't know like it's I don't want to say my time has passed. But I feel like I've already made it. You know what I mean? Like I can go and get stage time anywhere I want. These mm-hmm. guys are like scramming for or sca- scrapping for stage time. But you know, I don't really like to go up unless I'm trying to do new material. Yeah. Like I don't like to go up and do stuff that I know that works. Because you, you know, know when I'm taking here. a spot from somebody Ex- who's exactly or cool. or the main room, I'll do that and do material that I know that's done. But but there's also it's become it's I mean it's a, it's such a part of you that you just you'll never be able to stop going up, right? Yeah, I think so. When, did you have mentors? Because I'm curious because we were just talking about like having people to help guide you and stuff, and I feel like that's something that's. The store has been great about just being around. Like when I started finally doing the phones here, mm. and was around a lot that more. That was probably great for you. It was incredible yeah. because a it got me more. It made me feel more confident. comfortable. Yeah, confident, and, confident yeah. and comfortable, and 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 just being around more. Which people say early on, they're like, just be around, and you never really know that as a young comic because you're like, what is being around going to do? I need to be on stage. But that would the more Brett Ernst and Bobby and you start to like see me, a I would feel more comfortable. Mm. But b they would. Uh, feel comfortable you'd end up in enough conversations to where you build some rapport to where bobby or brett or yourself would want to say hey by the way i caught a little bit of what you're doing Mm. and here's some free advice Mm -hmm. because as a young comic you can't just walk up to fucking you know bill burr and go hey what do you think about my closer he's like who the fuck like this isn't how that works yeah so being around was very benefit so who were your and i'm sure that's how it was for you when you started here right you had people that would Maybe mentor you a little bit or just throw some um, some tips n- at you or no? No, I just, you know, I would just do what you guys are doing, which is just be around. You know what I mean? I wouldn't, like, go up to people and say, hey, what do you think of da 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 yeah. It's mostly just being around it and learning what I liked and wor- le- learning what I didn't like, you know, from watching the different comedians. You would watch a lot, yeah? Yeah, a lot. That's one thing I try to do too because yeah, it's like lot. you sit in that OR on... Yeah, like I saw Whitney last night. Like her stuff's mm-hmm. getting better. You know what I mean? Like her... Because I said, I said, what are you doing now? She says, I'm just trying to do another new hour. You know what I mean? So I was watching her. She went on before me and she did... Um, you know, she was connecting with the audience and... Her material is getting better. Who are the guys that you would uh, make a point to watch when you were uh, starting here? Oh, when I was starting yeah. here. Well, this room right here, the, this I used to out before I was before when I was under tw- under twenty one or whatever. I was you know I couldn't I wasn't allowed in the club. Yeah, I mean I can come here during the day, but at night when there was alcohol, like my mom didn't want me here, so I would watch the comedians from here or I'd watch them from the light booth. Oh shit. So I'd watch Cheech and Chong here. Oh my God. You know, like, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Lenny Schultz, mm-hmm. you know, who was like this older guy that was really one of my favorite comedians. So I don't know. You watch prior from there? Um, no, I'd watch him in the OR mostly. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that's a comic, uh, obviously whenever someone says, Hey, your comedic influence, I, I feel like everyone, has to say Richard Pryor. Mm. They have to because he was that good. You yeah, were actually he was so good. You were actually a guy that get that got to see him walk into the comedy yeah. store. I went to his home. funeral, dude. 
That's insane. That was fucking fucked up, dude. Really? Yeah. How? Dude, you know what's crazy is I got, I fucking, when I was on MTV, like I fucking filmed a whole like week of to- or a whole day or something of, of Totally Polly with him. What? So I have Hitting. footage of me and him on MTV. Oh my god, that's dude. crazy! Oh right? my god, have you? Did you just go back right and... at the beginning? But right at the beginning of his um his his disease, yeah. So he was um you know so in a wheelchair, but he was but still, he was still with it. Yeah, yeah. What, what did you do with him on that? With on the totally? I poly? was just like, hey, bro. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'd start doing the wheeze to him and shit. <laughs> How did he respond? He giggled. Fuck, dude, he loved it. He had a great laugh. He was great. Yeah, that's. I mean, to to make the king laugh. That's well, got to. That, that's that's got to be. He one liked of the comedy, thrills. and he was he sure. was so. Um, it's funny because I I said to Chris like I you know I talked to Dane Cook like a week or so ago, and I said to Dane, um, I said uh, uh, you know why don't you work out at the store, dude? Like we love you, like you're funny, like develop your shit, dude. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he goes, well, how do I do it? I go, well, just call in on Monday, you know, just put your veils like everyone else, me, Chris. Whitney, Bobby, we all just call in and we do our 10-minute spots. We'd love to have you just work out. Yeah. I'm like, do you have to work at the Laugh Factory? It'd be awesome if he was here. And he's like, mm-hmm. no. And I'm like, well, then work out, right? So then the last night I asked Chris Lee, I'm like, dude, well, he, we didn't call in his avails, bro. What's up? And he goes, oh, he's not going to call in. I'm like, why? He's like, oh, I don't know. He's just not going to call in. I'll but, talk to him. But uh, but my point is is that um, that Richard Pryor was so he – was, he, he was egoless, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? He didn't have an ego. Everyone was cool. Like he would, he would, and I've told this story before. He would pull his car in, and you know how, like, you know, we're all kind of tweaked into our own thing, and like, especially I know I am. Like, I, I come in, I don't want to speak to anyone. You know, yeah. I'm thinking about my shit, and it doesn't. And, you know, maybe people might think it comes across rude, but I'm not well, trying to be rude. It's just, work. Like yeah, you get yeah. to a point to where, like, the networking part, you're not. Here trying to like make new buddies. No, like you're cordial. But, you 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 but acknowledge. But it's also yeah. my family business, and I have to talk to people, and I have to you know yeah. be respectful to people that are here and stuff. Yeah. yeah, when you're here, it's a whole it's a whole another level. You're I not got, yeah. You're not just thinking about your comedy. You're thinking about the business as yeah, a whole. Yeah, I got to make sure that you know the waitresses are doing this. The food's coming out. I don't know. There's all that mm-hmm. other shit. Yeah. You know, like, you know, fucking back doormen aren't on their phones. <laughs> These fucking guys, they stare at their phones. It was never like, like that. Dude, like, fucking people are walking in and out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like, so that, you know, that plays into some of my stuff. So, um, you know, Richard Pryor, he would pull his car into the driveway, and it would take him almost 20 minutes just to get to the back door because he would shake everyone's hand. Oh, my God. And so not everybody did that, huh? No, that was just who Richard Pryor was. Yeah. Do you think he knew what that meant to other people for him to come up to a, 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 a young probably, comic? Probably, yeah. And, I mean, shake probably. their hand. Because, yeah, yeah, Richard Pryor shakes your hand. That's a comic's dream right there. Yeah. That's uh, a story. Uh, what would the room be like when, 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 he, when he would pop in? Was it, just it was this? like Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It was like, you know, like. I mean, I was. There were so many times where I was in the OR where I knew he was about to go up, and the person before, you know, just be like, "Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Pryor," and people were like, "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. And people would stand up. You know how like now, like Chris Rock or Louis C.K. or you know, Attell will go up and people sure. clap. You yeah, know, and they're stoked, and it's yeah. like a big deal. They, they, everyone would stand up. Holy shit! They would wow. all stand up. So it's like the king is here, and everyone would stand Pretty and much, yeah. pay their respect to him. Pretty much, and, and he would just fucking. You know, he would get on the mic and he would just fucking start, you know, start, uh, he would start um, just being likable. Would he get lit or would he kind of get the free range to do whatever he... He was always, you know, he was always really respectful about the club and the other comics. I'm a big fan of that. He wasn't like, you know, Eddie Griffin who would just go up on stage and, <laughs> and you know, go up there and start drinking champagne and just be up there for a long time. That's what I always, you know, said about the store. Like, you know, the store is the star. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not every all of us you know yeah. like it's the story you have to respect the store respect the other comics yeah no you know, one and no, don't and no don't one drives by much yeah no no one drives by and says hey that's the that that's the blank that you know that, that's the stage where so-and-so was they go say that's the comedy store yeah that's where everything happens yeah. now uh i first met you here polly and then got to host for you at the san jose improv with uh mm. you and sean halpin remember that weekend yeah that was cool yeah it was a great time yeah. uh you were trying to come up i think for your 
I think politics was that the special you were working on at the time? Probably. Yeah, and you were trying to come up with so a, hard, dude. Yeah, <laughs> These specials are so hard. I can't. Ima- I, mean, I mean, the the patient- everything is so hard. It's <laughs> fucked. Well, that and especially now, where I think it was before when you were developing the special, everything could stay hidden. You could just be like, all right, I'm just going to work out, and that material is going to live in that moment. But now everyone's tweeting stuff out, everyone's posting video, like, and I'm sure you pop into a club. Everyone's phones probably whip out, and they probably start recording your voice on stage. I don't know. <laughs> I guess you know you can't really control it. Um, do you? Uh, uh, one of my best friends, Sandy Danto, mm. good pal of yours too. I think the first uh, time he when, when he first told me he was going on the road with you, he showed me a clip of when you guys were at a mall in oh, I think yeah. Canada, yeah, and yeah. you uh, made him bungee <laughs> made jump. Him bungee jump. You made him bungee. You made Sandy Danto bungee jump. It may be the one of the funniest things I've ever seen. To this day, because yeah. you're so Sandy's so wide eyed and eager and just and such a sweet like wanting to do good by everybody yeah. and people pleaser and you're like do it for the store, bro. Like do and Sandy had never bunch jumped, right? Yeah, who has? <laughs> yeah, exactly. and I, mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, things you do. Yeah, Google Sandy Danto yeah. and and th- think the first words in your head are obviously going to be bungee jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah and sure. saying do it for the store was like the way my mom used to berate me about shaving before we go to temple. She's like, right. shave. We're going to temple. I was like, Mom, who gives a shit? It's just facial hair. She's like, if you love me, you'll shave. Right. So it's the same thing as like, do it for the store, man. Like, right, right, all of a sudden, there's this big like pressure. And when he jumped and he was mic'd up and he was just like screaming because apparently before you got to look up, type in Sandy Danto, bungee jump, Polly Shore. Before he runs off, the guy goes, no, 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 wait. Right. Because something wasn't like, <laughs> Holy shit. so you hear Sandy go, no, no, as he's falling to his semen <laughs> and Polly oh, just laughing like that. And then, and then the rush that Sandy has afterwards and you're trying to talk to him like, how was it, bro? And he's like, oh man, oh fuck. Dude, it's unbelievable. Because you hear Sandy screaming with fear as he's falling and yeah, it was shit. great it was like the three stooges <laughs> yeah well and, and, and yeah. that's and, that, and that's one more thing uh, one more thing that i like about you paulie is that you're a guy and i hear plenty of stories mm. from staff uh if, if you were just at a particular club on the road is you like to go and have fun mm. you're not you're not a guy that you just go and you stay in your hotel room all day every day and then you just go to the show and go back mm. you, you you like to go out and sometimes you, yeah sometimes and you experience, like experience dating ohio yeah, you know? yeah that's the thing is like um I don't like to go out and drink as much as I. I don't go to the strip clubs. I don't do the bars. I don't do that as much. Only be, the strip clubs. I'll do more than the bars, just because when you go to a strip club, I got you good usually, food. You're left alone. <laughs> no, you're left alone. Oh, okay. I'm left alone. You know what really? I mean? Because yeah. there's security there, and they watch me, and I could be left alone, and I can order some drinks and look at some girls. But if I'm at a club. Everyone's coming. Then up it's to like you. weasel, yo. You know what I mean? And yep. I'm so tired, and I'm 46 now, so I'm like fucking. You know, after because I because after every one of my my shows, I always do the merch. You know, I may mean? do the right. merch line. I always take pictures with everyone. Right. Um, People don't realize that. Yeah. After that, they see it's, you out. They don't whole, think about what you just went through no. and the exhaustion of a just there's the show. Four shows a night. There's four shows. I look at it four shows. There's mm-hmm. the first show. Then there's the merch for the. Uh, First show. There's a second show. Then there's the merch for the second show. Yeah. Merch and meet and greets. You're you're yeah, having a, more thing. moments for all these people that came. Yeah. Now, how much of that, like during uh, the heyday of all the movies and everything, like mm. were you? How much were people coming up to you and just, I mean, weaseling you and would you where, where you would like respond to it? How much what were people coming up to you and fucking weaseling that and quoting everything? I can't believe it's still there. Really. Yeah, it's weird. No, it's... I mean, dude, it was fucking... Yeah, Your movies were iconic. Dude. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. No, I guess it's weird for you because to you it's just work. But I don't think... I don't think of it... I don't think of it... You know, I don't think of it as my movies. I think of it as me. I think that it's not MTV. It's not the movies. It's me. It's yeah. Polly. Yeah. It's like people feel connected to me. You know, every race, every genre. I go walk through airports. I go to these little towns. It's always like, hi... You know, yo, hi. It's yeah. not, you know what I mean? That doesn't get and old, right? I don't know. It depends. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. It, 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 is. it is you because mm. if they put another actor in that same movie with that same script, they wouldn't have had those moments. Yeah, Ted Danson yeah. could not have done Biodome. No. <laughs> I hope Dumb and Dumber 2 does good because then if it does good, then I might be able to do Biodome 2. Fuck. That'd yes, awesome. put the Kickstarter right now. I yeah. will. I will yeah, donate. That'd be fun. It, it, you know, it, it's funny yeah. you mention that because I look at guys today like Adam Sandler, like Rob Schneider, 
and I see their kind of goofiness that they that they do in movies, and and I go, that's Paulie. Mm. That's what Paulie did. Like, mm-hmm. do you, like do you see guys like that and go, hey, fucker, I laid the groundwork yeah, for you. I pretty much I did it before those guys. Yeah, you, you know did. What I mean, I did it before Jim Carrey. I did it before like I think Encino Man came out in like ninety one, ninety two. And mm-hmm. then after that, like Ace Ventura. I mean, Jim Carrey took it to another level. Sure. Like he, you know. Encino Man is one of my favorite movies of all time. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I love it. It's that. a lot of people's favorite movies. It's a cute movie. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. It, it, it's just I one like of those things movie. where it hits you at the right time in it's your life. And, and you're just. It, it reminds me of E.T. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Right? Spielberg, E.T., Pauly Shore, no, Encino. Encino Man. Perfect. It's like, but no, Encino Man was such a cute film because it was like sweet. You know what I mean? It's Fish Out of Water story. Fish Out of Water. And it's the friendship. Got, like, friendship. You know what I mean? All that stuff. And then. Um, so. I, what was I like doing that movie? Heaven, dude. It was, it's, it's, it's been heaven the whole time. You know? I mean. Do you enjoy the thing. process of making movies? And those movies, yeah. <laughs> I mean, these movies, it's too much work. You know what I mean? I only do it because you know, like, I'm addicted to the business. You know what I mean? But, yeah. And I like, I like to, you know, I like to constantly put stuff out. Ever since I did Polly Shore is Dead, you know, I've been just, you know, every year or two, I always put like these things out. You know. Yeah, and I like mm. that you are constantly still like trying to reinvent yourself, mm. whether it's being, you know, because you had the days of the son-in-law and mm. in the army now, and now like you do something like politics mm. that totally different. No yeah. one was expecting that. Yeah, from yeah. You. What what made you think like was, you know you yeah. know what people want to know what Polly Shore thinks about this <laughs> no, election? I just wanted to I wanted to take poli- pol- the political world, and I didn't want to be like a Democrat. I didn't want to be a Republican. I just wanted it to be like you know Bill Maher on Spring Break. You know what I mean? I kind of wanted to just have a really good time with, you know, like kind of have fun with the, because everything is so serious in politics. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have a good time. And that was kind of my my take on that, and um, and that's what I wanted to do. What so. was your preparation like for that? Especially, I would know I would see you up a lot. Yeah, it was hard. That. Yeah, it was. Um, I worked with some writers that wrote for Bill Maher, some you know Danny Vermont and Lance, nice. who helped me kind of like craft some political material. Then you know I think I worked with them on some songs, some political songs. I did like Osama yeah. got Obama or yeah. Obama got Osama. <laughs> yeah. I did that, and then I did, uh, and that was at the time when everyone was like. Pro Obama, yeah. and, and he mm-hmm. just got Osama, and everyone's like all that. And then, um, <laughs> so the rhyme made sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obama got Osama. Yes, I did. You know what I mean? It was like a, it was. It's a cool video. Yeah. I think it, it came out really, really well. And then we did like a country song because I wanted to kind of appeal to like kind of the CMT audience. It was called Red, White, and Buddy. It was like based off of the Toby Keith song <laughs> Red, White, and Blue. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then we did a, a political party rock, which was based off of. Uh, LMFAO's Party Rock. Of course. And we did that. And it was just like I interviewed politicians. And I don't know. I just wanted to do something that was really fun, you know, for the election. Yeah. So, so. And the the same way that when you came out with that, people were like, what, Polly Shore and politics? Is there? Yeah, but that, that question is what makes them click on it or go watch mm-hmm. it. Because you're mm-hmm. keeping it. I think that's so important that you're... Uh, I mean, I feel like, like you're saying, like you feel like you had your time or whatever, but you're still... The more you still put out, people are still going to keep mm. uh, coming for it if they've come for it for so long. Yeah, it's not like it's not like I'm ever going to stop. It's just a lot more tiring now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. What, what are the main differences? A, it's more of a grind. Yeah. Well, before I used to get picked up in a fucking town car. <laughs> And I used to get driven to a set, and I'd have a fucking you know breakfast burrito waiting for me. There you go. You know what I mean? Fresh <laughs> orange juice. I, I love that. That's like the what you're focusing on. I was like, <laughs> I had main best differences. I yeah. had my sides. You know what I mean? The, the, you know, and then they had my wardrobe in there, and you know what I and mean. And people just at your disposal, dude. I had my wardrobe there. I'd fucking you know, fucking they would say they'd call me in for blocking. We'd block the scene yeah. and fucking do my thing. I remember I saw you know. Um, interview i think it was with i don't know if it was downtown julie brown mm. or kennedy or something but they said one of the strangest quotes i've ever heard and that's when you were at mtv you would come to them and say you have to hide me because these mm. girls are being insane mm, mm. like was it was it polymania absolutely with, how did you get absolutely. the mtv a gig? lot of vagina <laughs> a lot how did that so you're so you're at the store doing stand-up and then how does yeah. mtv right is it well, just my stand-up? manager my manager at the time brought in um the mtv head of talent mm-hmm. her name was drew wilson and they were casting for spring break 
and my manager was like, you got to see this guy. And I'm like 19. And what's 19-year-old Polly Shore like at that point? Pretty much the same as a 46-year-old guy. <laughs> Just a lot quicker. You know what I mean? You know? And, Doesn't and, have to stretch in the and morning. It was, yeah. and it was more important to get laid back then. Now I don't really care. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know? God, that does change, huh? Yeah. Fuck. It does. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and then they just, they, did they see so you stand up at the store? I for them right then. Oh, okay. And then, you know, and they were there. And she says, we want to bring you to, to spring break. So I went down there and I fucking, you know, I was there with Christian Slater and Corey Feldman and, and um dan cortez was he in the mix no yet? he wasn't there yet he came way later and then um and it just went really bad actually it was just a bad Why? experience because i was nervous and it was like you know thousands of kids and it was live mtv and this I was your first fuck like I was doing yeah yeah and so they give you and again like no real coaching they're just like this guy's funny and charming so he'll figure it out right I guess, yeah, that was it. So you had to interview hot girls, and you're just like, oh, it was like it was like uh, downtown. Julie Brown interviewed me, and then uh, Buster Poindexter, and there was like fucking. I hosted some comedy show. And so I don't know, it was a whole bunch of shit. And it doesn't go well, and then you're like, it wasn't oh, right. good. And then, then they what? pretty much were like, go home, you know. Here's <laughs> <laughs> so a jello and, shot. Get yeah, and out. did you think after that spring break, you're like, well, that was my shot, that was it, or no? I just thought I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I have to develop more. And then did they come back to you for the next one? Or, um, Well, what happened after that was... What happened after that was they were doing... A, they used to do a show, a live show, called Comic Strip Live at the Laugh Factory. And John Malrooney used to host it. And it was fucking amazing. And it was on Fox. It was awesome. It was like, you know, it was like live fucking stand-up show. Yeah. It was live, dude. It was on dope, a, dude. On a damn it was network. Fucking it was dope, great. dude. You remember it? Yeah. I yeah. remember that. I remember Annie e- Evening at the Improv. Yeah. And that's like the whole uh, the boom of the 80s and 90s. Like yeah. you, every network had some sort of Stand show. Stand up show, yeah. yeah. So so that, I did that, and that set I fucking just killed. Mm-hmm. I did really well. Nice. Dude. It was like I, my hair, I was like. I was out, yo, bro. You know, <laughs> yeah. I did all that shit. Full weasel. Yeah, I was full tilt. And then we took that tape, and then we sent that to MTV, and they're like, oh, shit, he's ready now. And then that's kind of like where I slowly kind of got back in. Well, uh, <laughs> first of all, thank you for coming on our podcast, but you, but you yeah. have your own podcast. I do. I do, I do. <laughs> Great segue, Brad. <laughs> that's do, what I do. I do. What is it called? Uh, it's called Interested, and... Um, it's a lot of work, man, these it fucking is. things. <laughs> You're telling yeah. me. I mean, Mark Marin was like, yo, this is like a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like just like, oh, let's just do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to have, you got to put them out every week and and promote them and tweet them and connect your, you know, your fucking Uber shit to it. <laughs> yeah. And your fucking yeah. Look at all this. Fucking, look how many wires and cords. And like, yeah. Yeah. It, so, but it's, you know, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's the way, it's the way it is. M- more eyeballs and earballs are leaving the TV and leaving the radio and going to online stuff. So, Also, you you're know. somebody, I think a lot of people that tune into podcasts want to uh, hear the stories and experiences of people who mm. have uh, been very successful and are mm. still doing it. And like mm. when we had Whitney on, she was like, nobody wants to hear me on a podcast. And I was like... That is so bananas. That's just her acting like no one wants to hear. Her. She, <laughs> she knows that's just yeah, her little yeah, shtick for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I mean, thanked her on my podcast. <laughs> well done. Like, yeah, because she keeps saying no one wants to fuck me. I'm like, bitch, what? let's do this. And I, already, and I fucked her. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, so what do you? What is your podcast? What's the focus? It's just uh, I don't know. What I'll do is I'll interview someone, and someone else will kind of comment on the interview. So this week is like I interviewed Carrot Top. Amazing. And then, yeah, wow. and then Larry the Cable got comments. Which is pretty cool. Wow. Oh my god! And Hell. A lot of, yeah, a lot of people don't know they started together in Florida. That's insane. Not yeah. as those people. No, right? Not yeah, as those people. Yeah, they started in as uh, Dan Whitney, and I don't know what Carrot Top was called. Scott, just Scott. Yeah, and um, I'll see you upstairs. Okay, thanks. Nice. Hey, it's nice to see you, Hannah. Yeah, that, um, and and you're someone uh, who's seen how a podcast can change a career because you would see Marin go up in the OR mm. after a second divorce when things were just at their bleakest, and now he's yeah. just doing whatever he wants to do. I mean, the thing is industry. about yeah, about this business is like funny is funny, talent is talent. If you have those things going for you and you're persistent, you're going to make it. Yeah, you just star. It's just going to you know what I mean. If you, if you don't if you don't ever like say to yourself like. 
I don't know. No, 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 I don't know. You know what I mean? If you don't get in that kind of place, like it, it's almost like you know, getting Bin Laden. Like it was going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? We we're going to get making it in show business is just like getting Bin Laden. Yeah, no, my favorite true. quote from yeah. Pauly Shore. But it's true. Yeah. You, you know, it's like you know, you you know you you know like for it's going to happen. Like, How are you going to get there? Like I'm going to Denver, and it's like you know my focus is like sell tickets, make them laugh. Try to get some new material out, you know, get better, you get more intimate, try to just connect like, you know, there's a lot of stuff, you know what I mean? And just get away from L.A., kind of like regroup. Having those, uh, you have to keep those things when you're still doing stand-up, like of challenging yourself, right? You have to still go out with a purpose. Yeah. How much new material do you try to uh, create uh, from a a new weekend? You know, I was writing for a while, then I I brought in some other writers to help me write some tags, you know what I mean? Um, And that worked well. But I don't want to also, you know, have my stand-up feel like someone wrote it because my style is very particular. So I can't have someone feel like, like, oh, that was like a joke that someone else wrote. Like, you know, even though like my movies and stuff, like, you know, you can write my voice, you know, even though I kind of rewrote and tweaked out all my films, but there was like a writer that was kind of helping me. So it's like, I want writers because at the end of the day, it's not about, oh, I don't need a writer. No, it's, it's not about that. It's about what's best for the act. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's best for the material? Because at the end of the day, or what's best for the, for the special, it's like Ari Shafir did his special the other, other night, which yeah. was great. And awesome. like, I don't know if like other people helped him with this material. I don't know if it, he did it all himself. I don't know. But the point was, is that, is that, you know, you just want it to be good because you want people to see it and you want to be able to grow from it. Yeah. You want people to see it and be like, oh, shit, like that's way better than I thought. Yeah. yeah. You know what when I mean? did you feel like you found your Polly Shore voice? Like at what I point? I don't know if I still find I'm still <laughs> trying to figure it out. But like it's the persona, hard, the persona of like what you, uh, people saw in the movies. I, I don't you know. Never, that was never put on, right? Like you just, that was you. Yeah. And then, it, was pretty much, it was pretty much me. You know what I mean? Like that's how I dressed. That's how I talked. That's how I acted. So these you catchphrases really, that people blew up, like that must have been crazy because you're like, that's just what I say. Right. Yeah, you know, it started with the word major. You know, I say major, you know what I mean? That's the first word because I was doing a music video and I was like major and then it just kind of came, you know, developed from that. That type of like cadence and like... The cadence, yeah. yeah. And so you're like, all right, people were responding to this, so maybe if Yeah, I- it was funny because I saw it back and I laughed. <laughs> the way you were dragging words out? Yeah, like when I saw it back, like when I watched, we watched the tape back, I was like, shit, that shit's funny. <laughs> you know Because nobody, nobody, nobody talks like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. you were like, that's some, and I think that is something very uh, smart, and that's the business side of you too, like honing in on like, oh shit. Well, I didn't know it was a business or anything. I was just, you know. That just, made me laugh. Just made me laugh. Yeah. yeah I wasn't thinking like that. But yeah. then the, but then Hollywood's like, fucking, please do that. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just, you know, I... I thought it was funny and then, you know, it was fun and, and, you know, we were even like, I, I have a, my YouTube channel, which I'm like connecting to my Twitter and all that crap. And, uh, <laughs> I love hearing Paulie say like, I got my YouTube and yeah. my Vine and my podcast. It's the it's worst. It, 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 <laughs> but anyways, I have, a, you know, we have, what is it? Throwback Thursdays. Yeah. Right. Right. On Twitter, right. Yeah. Every Thursday, you know, and I have great stuff to throw back. To. Oh, you probably have the best. So I got yeah. all the YouTube videos from my MTV. So I put those, or my, my totally Polly videos and they're still funny, dude. They're still they funny. Up. Like I was at Club Med, like I saw these videos and we we're putting them up, and I'm like touching some Mexican dude's belly. I'm like, "Yo, bro, let me squeeze your belly and eat it. It's yummy." And I'm like doing that shit, and I'm like, "It's fucking funny, dude." You know what I mean? That, it's good that you can look back on those times. It's like that's yeah. uh, it's still because uh, and also what sucks about that is that MTV like that's. You were part of the shit that helped build mm. their brand, and yeah. now it's like not now that belly is famous because it's a 15 year old girl yeah. on MTV. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what they want to see now. Exactly. Used to be a fat Mexican guy and Polly commenting on it. Yeah. Now it's a 15 year old girl talking about if she should have it or not. It's oh. fucking weird. I know. <laughs> Those now before I, the last thing I want to say about the MTV thing that whole just experience because that helps like give that was the boost right like mm-hmm. to the next. I mean, yeah, that was the one that that I was, you know, it was it was it was really cool because like I was at a point in my career, I think it was like ninety two or ninety three, where I was on MTV, I was starring in movies at the same time, and I was touring. Shit. So wow. it was like, you know what I mean? And I was on tour buses, and I would perform, and I would never perform in, in theaters or comedy venues. I'd only perform in rock clubs. Holy shit! I would only perform for people that were standing. How's that? 
it was awesome because I'd have a band and then the band would go on first, like the Spin mm. Doctors or some shit. Oh my God. That was <laughs> the first concert come. I ever saw. Really? It was, them and, it was unbelievable at the Bumper Shoot in Seattle. They're, they're awesome. They were incredible. Yeah. And they came on and then I would come on and then they would come on and we'd do songs. Oh my God, dude. So, yeah. so all three of those at the same time, I mean, that's yeah. a lot, but you're, again, like you can handle it all. I don't know. It was just kind of the way it was. You just kind of have to I take it when it's coming. I was very fortunate. Yeah. yeah I, very I, I, fortunate that everything lined up. Yeah. I don't think at that, in, in, in that moment you, ha- you, have the, you have the sensibility of saying, oh, this is too much What's or too crazy, little. You, you dude, just keep doing What's it. crazy is like if I would have Twitter back then. Yeah. Imagine if I had Twitter and social media back then. While you're on the tour bus? Just in general, <laughs> if I had it, you know, how many followers I would have. You know, these guys, Justin Bieber's got like 30 million followers yeah. or 50 mm-hmm. million followers. You know what I mean? Oh, Obama yeah. doesn't have that many. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah, yeah you, you would have had that in a second. I would and, have had a lot of followers. And, yeah. you, and you could, like, Adam Carolla tweets out every day just the words, get it on. That's mm-hmm. all he because that because that's because that's his catchphrase and 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 it gets and it gets retweeted like a hundred times. Wow! You could just go on Twitter at that at, at that point at that time, and, t- yeah. and tweet out, "Hey, buddy!" Right? And it would be like thousand yeah. retweets, whatever. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Shit! <laughs> Ten years too how late. Do, how do we go back in time? The tour bus uh, experience, awesome, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what it was. Who, who would you well, bring let's with Let's talk you? about my podcast. Okay, all right, all right let's yeah, go. For sure, sorry, for sure. Yeah. All right, so uh, podcast drops every what? Yeah, it's what day every week? week. I really want people to hear it. It's, it's you know, it's Get on a, iTunes lot of big, or the... a lot of big acts, a lot of big people I've interviewed. It's well, such sh- an original style, too, because yeah. there are, we are saturated with podcasts, so it's a great idea that you have the episode and then having an even bigger name almost commenting yeah, on the comment episode. on the other person. Yeah, because if someone got Carrot Top or, or Larry the Cable Guy on their podcast... That'd be it, like like that, like that, like that would be the one pod. Like okay, I got that'd be enough. Yeah. I got Larry, I got Larry the Cable Guy. I'm good. Yeah. You're like oh, I got Larry the Cable Guy, but let's add a little to it. Yeah, I wanted to make it special. Well, what's the website you can get, uh, get it on? It's just polyshore.com or iTunes or Stitcher. So subscribe to yeah. it, comment on it. Yeah, it's download cool. it. And there's there's a lot coming. When is this coming out? In the next uh, week. Next week. Okay, yeah. cool. So that'll be the Mark Marin podcast. That'll be the one where I interview Mark Marin. Oh my god. So that one I interviewed. This was a really cool one. This one is uh, the one with Mark Marin. Um, I interviewed Kitty Bruce, yeah, who's the daughter of Lenny Bruce. Yeah, wow. Um, Holy and shit! And then Mark Marin comments on that. Holy shit! And that's a really cool one because it's not about Mark Marin. It's all about Lenny Bruce. Right. And it's all about Mark Marin kind of educating us on who the fuck Lenny Bruce was. Yeah. And that's cool because I like shut up a lot and and I just listened to what Mark Marin had to say about. Um, about uh, 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 Lenny Bruce, and a lot of people listening don't know who Lenny Bruce was. Yeah, yeah. So you learn about who he is. Do you like the uh, interview uh, dialogue exchange of the, the podcast? Yes, uh, except for the one we're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, it's good. I'm just kidding. What? All right. Yeah. So now uh, the special. We got to talk about this. When is it coming out? November? It's not a special. It's a documentary. documentary right? Doc- yeah, but it's a sp- big difference. It's a special documentary. It's a special. Do- <laughs> it's a lot of handicapped people in it. <laughs> Some special pe- special needs people. Yeah. Or Perfect. Um, people can go online and Google Polly Shore Stands Alone trailer. There's a trailer out, and then the documentary comes out on Showtime in the beginning of December. I think it's uh, December 4th at 8 o'clock. And then we're also having a big premiere it's here right. yeah, at awesome. the store. Yeah. And we already have over 200 RSVPs. And, yeah, dude. And it's going to be cool. I think Gary Shandling's coming. And nice. It'll wow. be cool. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So. As, soon, as soon as I saw the preview for it, I in in my head I was just like yes this, mm. is, this is something that people are going to be interested in because mm. they know you from your movies mm. and the, and they know you from the hour that you go on stage and then they don't know all the other shit yeah they also don't you're know the you're very stuff. yeah and you're very funny off stage so I love that there's a lot of like because I think that's why people love podcasts and people mm. love. Um, you know, there's always a network trying to create a show where it's catching comics, just you know, being off stage, being their hilarious mm, selves, mm. which they always try to really. Um, uh, it's contrived because it's always so staged. Mm. But like, I mean, you say at the beginning, it's you and a camera and a producer, mm-hmm. so the shit's so raw. Mm. And there's really funny moments with you. That one part in the trailer with you got the bar, and you're like. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about my kids and a family. I don't know if I'm ready for that. And the guy goes, no, you're definitely too old for that. And you go, right. Jesus, man. Right. It's such an honest moment, and it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, uh, there, there was one part that where you're getting stretched out either by a trainer or oh, something, right, right, right. And, and you're just like, this fucking hurts. Like, you're, right. like, like, like you're screaming yeah. in pain. 
And and but that's something that people are like, oh, you just you stand on the stage for an hour at night, and no. that's all you do. It's like no, there's no. a lot that goes into that. Well, it's just you know, it's 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 you know, it's it's when you get older, you know, like I said earlier, I'm 46, so I'm I'm kind of decaying right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? That, and, that's the name of the next special, Polly Shore Decays. Yeah, but you yeah, got to stretch perfect. it out like typical Polly when no, you said but decay. The thing is, is like you know, you just you you just you're. Your interests just slowly change, you know, when you get older. You know what I mean? Like, you just, you know, I want to go get fucked up. I want to go get pussy. But I know that the aftermath of that is going to last, like, three or four days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, all that stuff. And, like, working out. Like, I, I got to be careful when I work out. I can't just go run 50,000 miles. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I can't go do that shit. And I can't eat as much as... You know, because at the end of the day, like, we're all going to last till we're 80. You know, do you want to live the last part of your life really fucked up? You know what I mean? Or do you want to be healthy? You right. know what I mean? And and just be like a healthy old guy. What's right? uh, That's the best. You want to be that guy. You want to be that guy you see at a bar, yeah. like a holiday and He's like 95. He's like still <laughs> watches lesbian porn. Right. He looks like he's like 62. And he's just like he's in better shape than you are, right? Yeah, and he's, he's like the guy that's on that commercial, the older dude. He's like shows you like I'm eighty something and I can lift this chair. <laughs> yeah, right? and he, which is impressive at that age. And he pulls up his shirt and he's got like a six pack. And you're like, yeah. I don't know why I'm staring at an eighty year old dude with a boner. Maybe it's just me, but that's a solid eighty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, okay, so um, I, so the documentary mm. um, when it comes out, what are you what are you hoping that this is going to? I you know what I don't anything that I do and this is truthfully honest I I I have no expectations I really don't I just want I want um, I want it to come out I want people to see it and like it if something cool happens and someone important sees it and they want to put me in something cool if they don't cool you know what I mean it's like I can't control all I can control is the edit you were you know, very involved content. of course yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's my whole thing. Yeah, I work with a group of people. How meticulous were you about all the uh, moments? I mean, like, because I'm sure there's a there's even in the trailer there's a good balance of funny and heart. Mm. And like towards the end of it, uh, and I, you know, that's my favorite part about documentaries is um, getting you know really emotionally connected to uh, somebody that you may or may not uh, know. But at the end of it, you feel like you have a strong connection mm. to them. And towards the end of it, you really are like, oh shit! Like this is mm. you can tell how you know that this was a big deal for you, even like have the cameras follow you mm. and, and have and capture this much because a lot of comics don't want people to know that much mm. they want to be like I'm already bearing so much on stage mm. with my words I don't want them to see what it's like at, uh, mm. when I'm not on stage yeah um, so yeah I wanted to I wanted to um, pretty much show the whole 100% of someone's life you know because people listening to this all have lives they all like go to work and then they go home they go home they go to work and I wanted to show the whole thing you know, right. I wanted to, and my home was the road and dealing with, you know, everyone has to deal with, you know, when they go home, they guess what? They're fighting with their loved one or their kids are being fucked up or their mom's sick or their parents or this, or all that just stuff that we deal with. I wanted that to be in the film. Yeah. What's, you know, and maybe your kids will someday see this. <laughs> maybe. What's, uh, what's. Sandy Danto. There you go. <laughs> Sandy Danto. He is. He's everybody's son. Yeah. What's, uh. Someone who watches the, this documentary, what's something that they'll be surprised to see? Well, probably the same stuff that you guys, you know, um, that you guys saw in the tra- trailer, you know, just that side of me. You know, it's the first time that I've done something where I'm not doing shtick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the first time that I'm not like putting on an act. There you, you know, go. What so. if this documentary blows up and like, let's say fucking Seven Eleven wants you to be like their new spokesman, like the head <laughs> Would you do it like for Hell the new? Yeah. <laughs> like they were like, Paul, we want you just to improvise all the spots, and just for any new products or just like coming to Seven Eleven, and it's you back in your Encino man shit. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> the, the thing, uh, the other thing I saw in the trailers that shows you going around these cities, and you're not like like we said earlier, you're, you're not just in your hotel room. When when people recognize you on on the road, is the average person? cool or do they just come up to you and say let me hear you say leaning tower of cheese no, they can't believe it most people they're always like what the fuck are you doing here and i say karma and on that note yeah that's a great way to close it uh paul where's your twitter my twitter's just at Polly shore 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, sorry, I can't stay up really late doing these. No, things. this is good. We're, no, we're right at an hour. This is perfect. Okay. That was uh, a great way to end it. Yeah. Out yeah. on a laugh. You're a fucking yeah, yeah, true yeah. professional. And uh, 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 December 4th at 8 o'clock. December 4th. It's on Showtime. Please listen to my podcast, which is just Polly Shore. Um, Polly Shore is interested, and my website's Polly Shore. And uh, if you want to see me on tour, I'll be all over Ohio the whole month of November. You love that place. And then also I'll be in, um, I think, like Nashville in December and like Kentucky in December. Awesome. PollyShore.com. Sacramento. Sorry. No, you have to get them all out. <laughs> oh, my yeah, dates, come uh, on. I'll be in Sacramento, I think, at Laughs Unlimited. Nice. I'm going to end the year strong. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you, what do you Love do it. in Seattle? That's where I'm from. What do you do when you go up there? Um, I play at the parlor. Yeah. But he doesn't make a good deal for me. Oh. What's his name? Ruben. Ruben. Spatch him. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know? Right? I, I dude, I I hear you, man. You know what I mean? Paulie, you're uh you're someone who's definitely made his mark on, uh, on the comedy world. When you look at the history of comedy, mm. you can't pass over the name Paulie Shore. The, mm. Your entire family has mm. been a staple of comedy. So, as a comedian, I want to thank you for that. Mm. And uh, and I also want to thank you for doing this podcast, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad we got to do work out. Fuck yeah. And we got to do one more time. Leaning Tower of Cheese. <laughs> uh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks, Polly. Show. That's the show. Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Julia White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.